I would want the pastor to understand in the midst of the many responsibilities that he has, the corporate weekly gathering is the most important means of grace in the lives of each person in the church. Welcome to Soundless Doctrine, the podcast of Sovereign Grace Music, where we explore what the Bible has to say about music and worship in the church and encourage those who plan, lead, and participate in their Sunday gatherings each week. Hello, welcome to the Soundless Doctrine podcast. My name is David Zimmer. My name is Bob Coughlin. And we have another very special guest with us on we today's do. episode. We do. Mr. Jared Millinger. Jared. Let's hear it for Jared. Excellent. Jared, thank you for joining us for the Soundless Doctrine podcast. Hey, it's great to be with you guys. So grateful for the work that you do for this podcast, and it is my joy to have this time with you. Jared, I'd be interested, how many actual episodes of the podcast have you personally listened to? Oh, why are you going to ask that question? (laughs) (laughs) I just want to see if it's going to increase after you're on it. Because how many of my how many of my Sunday morning sermons at Covenant Fellowship have you listened to, Bob? Oh, you know, let's just move on. I think it's a good time just to move on with the conversation. All right. In any case, uh, we we do this podcast to serve those who lead primarily lead and plan or plan and lead, I should say, uh, the the meetings of the church on Sunday, the gatherings of the church. Mm So that's often often has to do with people who are musically involved, but not always. And actually, in talking to people, we find that a lot of non-musicians listen to this. Yeah. Uh, people who aren't involved in planning the meeting at all, they right. just come. I'm not sure why, but we're glad that you listen. <laughs> well, I think they, I, I, I mean, we joke, but I do think they want to see how uh, we think through the songs we choose yes, and, yeah. and why we rehearse the length of time we do and the choices we make, and yes. I think it has an effect on them. So. And how to do this uh, all in a way that reflects the grace of God that has come to us through Jesus Christ and how, mm-hmm. how to do it in a way that exalts Him. Mm-hmm. That's what we're seeking to do. Mm-hmm. So today, we want to ask the question, what's the role of the senior pastor in congregational worship? And when we were talking about uh, actually guest for this season, you came immediately to this my, to our minds for this topic mm-hmm. because of the example you have been. So first, we, maybe we should start by you just explaining what it is you do. Yeah, and who you yeah. are. Who you are. Yeah, so I am the senior pastor at Covenant Fellowship Church in uh, Glen Mills, Pennsylvania. It's outside of Philly. And um, it was in 2008 that I became the senior pastor. Yeah. I've been in the church since 2006. And uh, it is a a um, church of around a thousand people, and so we have uh, several pastors who who lead music, and I can share more around that uh, that later. I have six kids. I am married, and God Thank has you been for very specifying good to me. that. It's helpful. <laughs> At what age range? So they go from now eighteen to eight. Wow, that's wow. a busy household. <laughs> A very busy household. Uh, we wanted to introduce this. We have a lot to talk about related to the topic of the question that we are asking. But your testimony is so wonderful. And I wonder mm-hmm. if you just share a little bit about how the Lord brought you to a knowledge of himself and the gospel. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'd be happy to. I grew up in a pastor's home and in a wonderful uh, Christian home. And so in many ways, the blessings and benefits uh 
that I grew up with are much greater than than most. Uh, and mm. in spite of that, I squandered a lot of that. And my my teen years were marked by uh, by rebellion in a number of different ways and by very extreme folly. Mm. Uh, I I uh, never wanted to go to church. When I did go to church, I would would act miserable the entire time, sleep through the sermon, and just be cruel to. Uh, to others who were were present there, and so it was really um, an extreme kind of foolishness and arrogance. And uh, but my parents were faithful, and they loved me through it all. They were the the means through which, uh, through their patience and through their love and through their drawing me out um, in time, God worked in my heart to bring me to a, a knowledge of himself and the area in mm. fact that he convicted me of sin in was in the area of honoring my parents um wow. and uh ways that i was dishonoring them in in pretty profound ways and that's the area that god brought me to understand how sinful i am how great my need for a savior is mm. if if you would have known me as a teenager you wouldn't have liked me at all I, and even those wow. conversations that i had with my parents my goal was to make my dad angry and to make my mom cry. And, um, <laughs> and I was pretty good at both of those things. And, and yet they were remarkably patient wow. with, with me and so loving um, toward me. And so, wow. yeah, there's no one in the church that I grew up in uh, that would have seen me uh, <laughs> being a pastor. Uh, but it's the church that prayed for me and prayed for my parents during those difficult years. And, uh, and I marvel at what God has done. So I was, I was saved uh, late in high school. Wow. At a gathering in your room, where, where, where did you, was there a moment when you came to realization, this is true, I'm a sinner, Jesus died for me? There was a phone call. Uh, actually, it was, a, it was a, uh, a car ride, with my, a conversation with my parents, and I was in the car with them. They had prepared questions where they were drawing me out about uh, a relationship that I was in with uh the woman who's now my wife uh. <laughs> and um, and i was realizing that certain areas of my life needed to change but it was in the context of that conversation that everything hit me in terms of my own sinfulness mm. and who christ is and my need for the salvation that is in him so i had known the facts of the gospel yes. but it was in that moment that everything came alive and they were asking me certain questions i said ask me again in a couple weeks because I'm going to get home and everything's, everything needs to, to change. And I remember, I don't wow. cry easily. I remember a conversation that I then had with Megan, my wife, um, sitting on my parents' curb, you know, after, after this conversation with my parents, I sit down with her, we're totally in love. And the, the, the relationship has sparks flying. Um, and we had been, you know, in a relationship for some time dating, but I told her that, it means more to me to to please God by honoring my parents than our relationship does. Wow! And I remember, her, I remember her saying to me, "Does that mean that if your parents say you can't see me anymore, that that's what you'll do?" And I'm like, "Yes," you know, tears down my face, like I am all in on on living for the glory of mm -hmm. of God. And uh, she didn't understand that; she didn't have categories for it. She wasn't a Christian uh, at that point, but my parents showed the same love to her that they did to me and she became a christian shortly thereafter mm. thank wow. you for sharing that yeah. that should give hope to parents who right now uh have 
kids who just seem to be resisting mm-hmm. and rejecting everything that they've grown up in. Yes. God does change hearts through the yes, power of the yes. gospel and the power of his spirit. And that has led you mm-hmm. to this place where you are a senior pastor who still deeply and passionately cares about the glory of God. Uh, you're one of my favorite preachers, and mm-hmm. that comes through in that. But it comes through, too, in just the way you have invested in what we do in Sovereign Grace Music. Yeah. Um, one of the ways you've, you've shown that is by, by coming to many of the Worship God conferences. I don't know how many you've been to, but I remember you were coming long before... I asked you to speak. I thought, man, he's coming to these. We might as well ask him to speak. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but how how have you thought about... So you've been a senior pastor since 2008, did you say? Yes. All right, so 14 years yeah. about? Um, yeah. How have you thought about the, your role as a senior pastor and what's going on in terms of the music in the church and like the plan, the whole gathering, the whole meeting. Mm-hmm. Has that developed? Has that grown? And if so, how? Yes. Um, it's an area where I, I believe, well, so let me say this. I Because I grew up in Sovereign Grace churches, even from the time that I was, was uh, first saved, you know, late high school, early college, it, part of me... Um, expressing love for the savior was listening to sovereign grace music mm. <laughs> those those early uh, albums uh, that's what i grew up singing and listening to so there is a uh, the work that you brothers are doing does have a special place in my mm. uh in my heart in my own story you know is a is a part of that it some of this uh what i'll share are things that i've learned from you bob uh and during my time at the pastor's college so uh, i was at our um denominational training school in 2000 five to 2006 and uh got to spend time with you bob uh during that time and instructing us in uh in musical worship and in the gathering and that had a that was prior to entering pastoral ministry and that had a profound shaping influence on me that along with with early worship god conferences during that time so in the kindness of god i haven't had to uh you know, if you look at what I was doing when I first stepped into the the senior pastor role in terms of of uh, musical worship and the gathering, what we do now is is I believe pretty similar to that. You know, there may be small tweaks and things, but that's because of the foundation that was received through wow. uh, through the instruction that I received. And one of the things that that was drilled into us at the the pastor's college is the role of the pastor's role in leading mm-hmm. worship mm-hmm. as part of my pastoral training. I led uh, singing in the pastor's college one morning you you sure did. for 30 minutes and then you gave feedback. Uh, but I remember you teaching us, this is a, something that you taught that, that leading worship is a pastoral role before it's a musical one. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a, a really important point. Leading worship is a pastoral role before it's a musical one. So in other words, there's a sense in which the, and this is how I've always understood it to be, there's a sense in which the senior pastor is the worship leader. Um, yeah. I'm not musical, Humanly but speaking. I, I very much see my role and responsibility as as uh, leading the people of God in uh, in in worship as we as we gather. When I was in college, someone gave me an, an impression that they had that I was going to be a worship leader someday, <laughs> and um, 
even though I'm not musical, I'm not musical at all. I, uh, I think there's a sense in which that that impression has proven entirely yes. true. Yes, uh, yes. How I think about my role and my my responsibility. So, mm. you know, one way to think about it: the senior pastor is primarily responsible for the leadership of the church, and that includes what happens in the Sunday gathering, yeah. including yeah. music. Yes. The senior pastor is primarily responsible for that. So, this idea that the that the senior pastor should just stick to the preaching, stay out of the rest of the gathering, I think is profoundly misguided. Uh, faithful pastors will care about more than than mm. preaching. They'll have thoughts, informed thoughts, scripturally informed thoughts on what should happen. Uh, during the entire gathering. Mm. Yep, amen. Now, I know Joseph Stugar, a very good friend, who who is a worship pastor at Covenant, and uh, you've worked with him for many years, I believe. And there are other guys. Have you ever had guys uh, challenge you or maybe a little bit of a rub in terms of your involvement and what, what you would want to bring? Uh, or among the pastors, even broaden it, where uh, you would want to see things going a certain way or... Uh, you know, maybe a, a development, um, an emphasis, and they're going, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> or maybe they want to keep doing something. You want to bring a change. Is that ever taking place? Tell us about the conflicts in your life, Jared. Yeah, excellent. <laughs> Delightful. <laughs> the, uh, the, so Joseph Stagora is uh, the primary worship leading pastor uh, in, the, uh, in our church and on our pastoral team. We do, in the kindness of God, have three uh men on our pastoral team who are really gifted at at leading musical worship wow. publicly and that's a great uh, a great kindness a gift. Uh, joseph leads us in that and not only in uh in in singing but joseph is also a great help to me in the sunday gathering as a whole and mm. i'm actually able to work very closely with him and delegate a good bit to him because there is deeply shared philosophy of ministry and, mm. and he brings a lot of humility and joy and love for theology. He's, sometimes what you have with, with a worship leader is they can be uh, mostly a music guy yes. rather than a, or more a music guy than a Bible guy. Yes. Just as a Bible guy first, which, yes. is what, which is what you'll have in a pastor. You'll have someone who's, who's, who loves God's word. And so, so we really have a great you know, working relationship. Uh, the, the elders have put us in the roles that we're in, and then the elders as a whole are involved in various things. But um, there's not much by way of, um, you know, oh, okay, here's this uh, thing that I would, there's always areas of things that I would like to do differently. Uh, you know, I think um, if I look at an area where I've looked to some time ago, for example, we had done our all the the baptisms among the youth at youth camp, hmm. and uh, at the annual youth camp. They happened there. It was three hours away at that point. And as we were studying as a team, and this wasn't just me leading this, but as we were studying together, I, I came to a place of a really strong conviction of wanting to have those baptisms happen in the context of the mm. gathered church, <laughs> in the same time that the others do, but it was a big shift, you know, for the church. And so we talked together as elders, okay, how do we lead through that? And um, how do we get all the guys on board on the team with the thinking behind that? And so there, what we've looked to do is just read different resources, uh, uh, you know, quite a bit. So currently my thing, this, this is, um, I'm looking to, to do all I can to grow us in the public reading of scripture. Oh, excellent. Mm. This is, just, uh, this has been in place for, you know, for a, uh, 
several years, but it's just where I'm looking to slowly turn up the dial. And I think if it, you know, if it were just Jared Church or whatever, I would have separate from the sermon text, at least a, a chapter of uh, a full chapter okay. of the Bible, okay. you know, read. Um, but, you know, we're, we're doing we're doing baby steps in it and it's, uh, and it's great. And I love what we do and it doesn't represent an ongoing point of, uh, you know, of tension, but on something like that, uh, I will say, okay, let's read Brian Chappell's chapter in Christ exalting or in, in Christ centered worship, mm. uh, on the public reading of scripture. And let's discuss mm. that and let's, you know, or, or I will teach the guys on it and those sorts of things. So we've, because Great. we recognize that all the elders have authority and responsibility in the matter of Sunday planning, I really look to bring all the guys along. So we we have read your book, Worship Matters, and discussed it together. We've read Christ-Centered Worship by Brian Chapel and have discussed mm. it together just over the years. Uh, in our team training meetings, they've been taught. Uh, you know, I'll have I'll have Joseph do a teaching on uh, on liturgy. On, on sometimes mm. I'll even just teach on different parts of the gathering, the call to oh, worship wow. or benedictions in scripture, yes. wow. so that they're all tracking and understanding. Okay, here's here's why we do, you know, what we what we do. Um, mm -hmm. That's so that's so good. You know, another thing that I that I've looked to do is help guys with uh, and myself with the distinction between personal preferences and biblical priorities. Oh in our man. Day. So Go that's just like, <laughs> you know, like, okay, this is something that I, that I want to have done a certain way. Now, is that a, a personal preference or is it a biblical priority? And I don't want to feel most strongly about the things that are personal preferences. Mm -hmm. I want to feel most strongly about the things that are biblical priorities. Give us example, a couple examples of personal preference that you or some other guys on the team have had. Yeah. It may be a particular song that someone okay. likes or doesn't like. It may be the <laughs> amount of hymns that we do. Uh, it may be even stylistic. Do we start our service with a with a call to worship rather than with music? With with, uh, uh -huh. with music because mm -hmm. uh -huh. in our church we've had a, a church culture where it's as the it's as the first song mm. starts to play that everyone gathers. Yes, and uh, and so some of those sorts of things. Well, all of that is uh, is is a matter of of preference in what we uh, in what we do there. And some, and in working through that, you can do it more thoughtfully than uh, you can do it thoughtfully or unthoughtfully. Yes, like I think Absolutely. there are preferences that make more sense yeah. at times. Yeah. yeah, we've we've toyed with that, and actually we're we're experimenting. Hopefully, talking about experimenting with changing some of the things in the order of our meeting, um, and we'll see where it goes. I'll keep you posted. Uh, yeah, starting with announcements up front, welcoming announcements, and then yeah. doing a call to worship. Uh, yeah, I was in a church recently, Matt Boswell's church, actually, that that did that and thought, this this makes a lot of sense. So I don't know, but that's a preference. Yeah. Yeah. That's not... Okay, so what would you say to the senior pastor? I mean, you got... How many? Six kids, you said? Yeah. Six. That's a great number, six. Um, and you're a senior pastor of, of, of a church with a thousand people coming on Sundays. What would you say to the pastor who says, Jared, this is really great and everything, um, but man, I am so busy, like just getting the sermon done. Um, I, I cannot give more time to like the singing and the playing. I got a guy who does that. I'm just going to let them do it. And, you know, if there's something that goes bad, I'll, I'll get back to them or whatever. What would you say to that person to encourage them 
to change their ways. <laughs> Shall I say? Yes, excellent. <laughs> I like how the changing their ways was added on to, mm. to encouraging because I was actually, I think an important part of what I'd want to do is encourage that hardworking yes. pastor who is laboring for the flock. And I realize in my own situation, I have uh, an abundance of uh, gifted pastors that mm. I'm able to delegate various responsibilities to so that pastors are still involved in providing leadership mm. to the service. And I'm able, it, I'm able to be wow. in a sense released. I'm, I'm a huge fan of delegation is I want to, uh, you know, affirm that, that point, but here's one of the, here's, here's what I would say. The Sunday service in its entirety is the best opportunity that we have as pastors as a senior pastor to feed and edify and mature the flock. Mm -hmm. So I just, I would want the pastor to understand in the midst of the many responsibilities that he has, the corporate weekly gathering is the most important means of grace in the lives of each person in the church. In other words, it's, it's more important than counseling. It's more important than, than private devotions. Those things are important. Those things are very important, but they're not the most important because of how the gathering uniquely brings together the word of God and, and prayer and, and fellowship. And so given the, so I would just want to make sure that he's tracking the importance, not just of the sermon, but of the entire gathering from start to finish, because my conviction mm -hmm. is there, given the importance of that gathering, there's a sense in which if there's only one thing that a pastor is giving attention to just one thing, it should be what we do when we gather. Uh, on the Lord's day, the gathering is such a mighty means of grace in the people of God. And we know that from our own lives and we've seen it uh, in, in the lives of others. There's just, there's just nothing like the Sunday gathering to awaken us to Christ and his glory. And, uh, you know, you have a, a text like in Psalm 73, the psalmist despairing over the, the uh, prosperity of unbelievers. He's struggling, he's weary until I went into the sanctuary of God, you know, and that's the great mm. turning point and the change. So when does change yeah. happen in the lives of the people of God? It's in the, it's in the gathering. It's as we sing, it's as we sit under the word. And there's just so many opportunities. I would actually want to, to say you as a pastor, you as a senior pastor can accomplish so much in so many areas that you care about through thoughtfully planning the entire service. It's mm -hmm. the best way to make disciples of of christ and so um if you want to grow the church in being a praying church the best opportunity you have is corporate prayer and mm. a pastoral prayer and how you're thinking about the role of prayer in the sunday gathering if you want to to grow people in 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 turning from sin and living in confession and repentance the best way you can do that is through thinking deeply and carefully about the role of of corporate confession Absolutely. as it relates to the Sunday gathering. Um, if you want people to be in the word, you want people to read their Bibles throughout the week? I know you do. The best <laughs> way to do that is to, is to publicly read mm. scripture and yeah. allow people, rather than saying, you need to read your Bibles more, try to get, get up. You can say that, but also get up and just read a chapter of God's word and God's spirits within them. And they'll be refreshed and reminded of, of the love they have for God's word. And it will change Lord willing, their engagement with God's word uh, mm -hmm. throughout the throughout the week. So I would just want to say the Sunday gathering is such a mighty means of grace. It 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 deserves our 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 greatest and most capable leadership. 
And that's why we had Jared on Gold. this podcast. Um, okay, Absolutely. I thought of another question. That is really, I mean, that's really so good. why we wanted you on this podcast. Um, it, okay, so a guy's doing a ton. I just heard what you said. That okay, great. But I still like have so little time. I don't have a church of a thousand. I have a church of you know hundred seventy five, and I'm doing most stuff. What one, two, or three things would you say to him to say, okay, make sure you get this. Mm. Make make sure start here. Maybe that's a better way of putting it. I would encourage him for prioritizing. If it's still the same pastor that I talked to earlier, who's prioritizing the the preaching, I would say that that's uh, good work to care about and to ensure that that the preaching of God's word is getting uh, his attention. I would want to say, you know, what we currently do with our benedictions is just draw from the benedictions of Scripture. So, do you have mm. do you have benedictions that you end your service with? There's just create a list of them from scripture and then select one of those that isn't going to take much time. You can do the same thing with calls to worship so that you have that. I think that the scripture mm. readings uh, and, and, and the sacraments should receive care and attention, meaning what's your plan for how often you're doing communion and what that will look like. And what's the, because, because those are important in the life of the church. Baptism uh, mm. is important. It, I think that uh, that that you know I don't think that a pastor needs to drop into song choice if he is uh, if you have a solid bank of songs these are what we sing so maybe that the pastor has an influence in uh, from among these song songs you know select uh, select these songs but it should be that if there is someone who can lead in the actual musical worship uh, that a pastor is able to give a feel for here's what I'm thinking for the sermon and the mm. scripture reading. And then someone can run with that mm. and can place in appropriate songs is what I would say. I'd be interested in if you, one of my rules on these things is to try to disagree with Bob Coughlin as little as possible. <laughs> and so, uh, <laughs> so if you say otherwise, more I'll people just thought like you we disagree did. all the time. I wish more people <laughs> thought like you did. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, well, I, I think you do have to make choices. And yeah. I wouldn't want a, a senior pastor feeling like, well, oh, great, I got to plan the whole meeting now. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it can be effective for to to give to delegate that to someone, ask someone to help you with it, have those um, banks of scriptures that you can go to, uh, but not be afraid to say, would you start this or or send me something that I can just look at. Mm -hmm. I th I think in the end, a senior pastor really needs to look at what's happening before it happens. Yeah. So, you know, the pastor says, well, I'll get back to you after the meeting, you know, if I hear anything. That not only is unhelpful, but it can be really discouraging for the, the guys doing the music. Yep. Because all they ever hear about is when things went wrong. Yep. You know, I wish you hadn't done that. I wish you hadn't done that. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but, but in general, I, I just wanted to hear just thoughts on, you know, what we could prioritize mm -hmm. uh, in terms of your involvement. Yep. Where, where possible... If there is an ability to delegate th things, a senior pastor should be able to express leadership and delegate to others so that they can carry out certain work. Some That's some of what I do. We, we recently did a series on the Ten Commandments, for example, mm. and as I was studying the Ten Commandments, I decided um, I want 
to have scripture readings, extended scripture readings during Exodus each week. I want them in the world. Mm. We're just dropping in these Ten mm. Commandments, but I want them in the world of the Pentateuch and the Exodus. And to, yeah. and so, but I just give Joseph that idea. Now, I think that any mature Christian would be able to put together a draft of recommended scripture readings from Exodus mm. for a, a, you know, a sermon series and get back, you know, with that. Those sorts of things can really save the senior pastor uh, particular, you know, from, from work while he's still delegating and carrying out, yes. uh, carrying mm, out a vision. Yes. And there was another thought that came to mind, Bob, when you talked about, you know, then the senior pastor is only criticizing and this, in some ways, this could be set up front because there's a sense in which this is just as important or maybe even more important than the senior pastor's planning. And that is that the senior pastor set a personal example in, in their worship, in their singing, mm -hmm. in their entire approach to the Sunday mm -hmm. gathering, mm -hmm. um, in their encouragement of others, you know, the, the senior pastor sets is setting culture, leads yes. the way in setting culture, and specifically in seeing and celebrating the grace of God in the service. I want to say yes. that <laughs> that's just as important as planning. That might be even more important than so than good. planning. You know, Acts eleven, Barnabas goes to Antioch. He saw the grace of God and was glad. That's what a senior pastor should be doing every week. We model that joy. We see the grace mm -hmm. of God and we are we are glad. We're not mostly evaluating the service. Uh. We are mostly enjoying the Savior. Um, someone says that we need to be more concerned with a beautiful savior than we are with a beautiful service. And, uh, wow. and that's absolutely right. Christ loved us, gave himself for us. So I, so I want to see your pastor to gather, not even if he's feeling overwhelmed with responsibility, you don't have time for all that. Make sure that there continues to be a sense of the privilege of what we do as we gather as the people, as those who have been redeemed, bought with the precious blood of Christ, what a privilege that we get to oh, gather. And so if you if you didn't get as much time in your sermon prep as you wanted, if you uh, you don't have great illustrations, you didn't push the application as much this week as you want, you, the, the songs you weren't, God's spirit is going to meet with you and God is eager to meet with his, with his people. And, uh, and so that whole mindset of the privilege and the joy of gathering is something that the senior pastor needs to, uh, to, to, to set for the church. Yes. Oh man. That's so one good. The, Bob, one of the other things that you said, and you, you actually, when you first said this, you talked about how people in the church will watch the pastors yes. and they'll watch the senior pastor in particular yes. during yeah. the service yes. and in his engagement. And I, and when you, when I first heard that, I thought that's so true. Like that's what I do when I'm visiting other, you know, I'm, I can think of these times I visit a particular church and what am I doing? Well, I'm often aware of what the senior pastor is, uh, is doing well that provides a wonderful opportunity as the as the senior pastor and any pastor engages and expresses his love for the lord to set a personal example years ago there what they in the church uh let's see if i can yeah there was the, no particular church uh there, there was a, a pastor, <laughs> Just an imaginary there a, church there was a pastor i knew because this is far this is decades decades ago um he would have a handheld recorder during the so this was tape recording you know and during the service and if there was anything that he thought should be done differently <laughs> no way. He, would, he would he would speak into so you would see you know as a song is being sang it would just he's doing a little note to self into his into his tape recorder so that Don't he can remember so them to loud. share that feedback later that's not that's not what we want to do lift your hand here <laughs> 
Oh wow, that's that's scary. Well, that that <laughs> kind of covered the the question uh, I was going to ask, just about encouraging the musicians. You know, mm-hmm. those those who do, and that's that's probably the greatest way you can do it. Do you do anything else in terms of thinking about how you express your gratefulness for? Uh, what they're doing? We have a big old budget for worship God, and we get all, as many of our musicians <laughs> there. What a as great a, way to encourage your yes. team! What a great come to the worship oh, God conference. Uh, and you, you <laughs> sent a bunch of people this past year, and what a what a joy that was! Yeah, it was awesome. They they so were, we really did our our worship leaders, our musicians, and others, and uh, myself and several other pastors, mm-hmm. you know, were there. And that's, it is, it's such a refreshing time. I, I want it to be. I find yeah. myself so refreshed and, and edified. I mean, mm-hmm. you had, you had mentioned the conference earlier, but I would want to, and it's not just because I'm talking to you guys. This is what I'll I pay you this later. Is what I do that the reason years ago that, that I like early on as a senior pastor would go to the worship God conference is because I experienced a unique refreshment uh-huh. personally, spiritually in that, context um Mm. and god consistently would meet with me and refresh me is Mm. is one of the main reasons Mm. that so it's interesting i didn't even actually i wasn't mostly going to be there's other reasons equipped and it benefits the church but i received such god God would meet with me and that even happened in this most recent worship god conference there was Mm. a particular sermon by mark jones that I, i was i was at a place of uh sort of resenting some of my dependence in certain areas and Mm. feeling my limitations. And Mark Jones preaches this sermon, as you know, on the independence of God and the beauty of dependence. And it was just God, you know, ringing my bell saying, I've made you to be dependent. I'm Mm. with you. And, And so the, the refreshment, the deep ways that God, that God met with me, it's just, that's what's happened throughout, um, throughout the the history of, of attending the conference. I, I love being in a setting where it's, and it's, not the norm for me that I don't have leadership responsibility, yes. that I'm not needing to make decisions that the service is happening. Yes. And it's, and I can just receive and benefit and, and engage the Lord. So there, so it started as that and then overflowed into the, um, you know, the, the, the edification and the equipping that our mm. church experienced. Mm. I and mean, we, we really do look to get a good number of musicians uh, there in terms of the care of musicians. Joseph's more involved in that, okay. but he does, uh, you know, regular uh, meals, gatherings with yes. them yes. Uh, to bless yes. and encourage and, and honor. But I would say uh, the, the musicians in your church know that you are for them, mm. that you are with them, that you are big fans of them and grateful for what they do. And that's what's huge. I mean, CJ has led in that, uh, but you are a great example of being an encourager and someone who's not just thinking, well, I, got, I do the important thing. I preach, and yeah. you just, like, set me up. So thanks for doing that. But you, you've never been that, and uh, so grateful. Yes. Well, that's probably enough for <laughs> <laughs> Jared. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Jared, so much. Uh, you're. Uh, I yeah. thank God for you guys. Hey, what? I would listen to a lot more of these if I were a podcast guy. I just feel like I should say that. Oh, <laughs> thank you, thank you. Of course, no one who heard that first comment is going to listen. To that. You know, probably five in people still listening you, by this time. In case that made you insecure, I just don't. I really have podcasts. It never I makes to. me insecure. <laughs> I just I do it because I think he probably hasn't listened to any of our podcasts. That's which is totally fine. Uh, it, it really is. There are podcast people, 
and there are non-podcast yeah. people, and we're grateful for the podcast people. Yeah, <laughs> so, yes, indeed. Well, uh, and I'm grateful for the work that you guys are doing because it does uh, bless our church. I know Joseph listens to what you guys are doing yeah, and right. others mm-hmm. in the church, and so I and we here at Covenant Fellowship benefit directly from this work. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, I trust it's going to bear good and lasting fruit for the glory of Jesus and the good of his church. Amen. And if you're listening and watching, thank you for joining us, David. Thank you for being here. Yes. See you next time. Thank you for listening to Sound Plus Doctrine, the podcast of Sovereign Grace Music. Sovereign Grace Music exists to produce Christ-exalting songs and training for local churches from local churches. For more information, free sheet music, translations, and training resources, you can visit us at SovereignGraceMusic.org.